Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to offer your customers more personalized buying experience, better customer service, and how you can create a new stream of revenue for your organization, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. My guest today is Taryn Wack, who is the host of That's Just Wack podcast. She is also covers NASCAR, Alabama gymnastics, Alabama Crimson Tide football, and a lot more for Tidesports.com and the Tuscaloosa News. I wanted to have Taryn on to talk about something that I feel is a skill that we should all be working to develop more, no matter if we're in sports or in concerts or performing arts, no matter what, which is the art of storytelling. Now, it seems probably a little unusual to have someone who is a journalist on the program, but Taryn tells stories in a way that goes underneath the surface of you know, just the regular PR spin and things that we typically associate with uh, covering sports or covering NASCAR. She looks to get a little bit more personal, a little bit more in-depth, and she looks at focusing on the person and the emotions attached to the story. And those are lessons that I feel are sometimes overlooked or sometimes missed in the rush to hit just the right note in our marketing and selling efforts. So I wanted to have Taryn on and have her talk about how she tells stories. So I hope you dig this conversation between me and Taryn Wack on the Business of Fun podcast. I want to welcome my friend Taryn Wack to the Business of Fun podcast. Taryn, it's not whack to be talking to you. What's happening? It is not whack. It's going to be totally pun filled. Don't worry. Hey, I'm used to it. So if you can come up with anything new, I'm down. I didn't say I was creative. I just said I was like, I was going to retread some of the same old tired jokes. That's all I can promise. But if you can break out another one. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Very impressed. We'll see. We got a few minutes, so you never know what I'll I'll come up (laughs) with. Uh, But thank you for doing this. I know that um, for people who don't know who you are, you are the host of the That's Just Walk podcast and you write for the Tuscaloosa news and you, and you cover Alabama football and Alabama sports on tidesports.com. Um, you know, this probably everybody that's listening to this for the most part knows this. Um, if they don't know this by now, they will know this now is that I also went to the university of Alabama. I'm very connected. So anytime I can have somebody who is connected to the university of Alabama on, they have a free pass to come on and talk about whatever they want to talk about. And so, um, I'm glad, I'm glad to have you because I mean, you know, it's has only not been football season for about 14 or 21 days or so right now. So, uh, never too, never too soon to start talking about it again. Um, I feel like because you went to Alabama, I can say Roll Tide without it being unethical as a sports journalist. That's exactly right. It's Roll Tide. On an unsports-related note, Roll Tide. Oh, exactly right. Well, that's like good morning and, uh, right. <laughs> or good evening or how are you doing? Uh, if, if you don't say Roll Tide to somebody, that means that you, you hate them. As a, Basically being rude. Yeah, exactly right. It's like bless your heart, but for people from well, Alabama. What's that? Well, that can be rude. No, that's what I'm saying. Way. <laughs> if I don't tell you, if I don't tell you, roll tight. It's the same as telling you, bless your heart. At least, <laughs> at least the way I grew up. <laughs> now, um, 
I want to introduce people to because you do something really uh, interesting for Tuscaloosa News, and you cover NASCAR, right? And um, there's a lot of stuff going on around NASCAR that's talking about um, decline in attendance, decline in viewership. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, there's a lot of stories that are built around uh, the decline of the sport. But you write a, a column each week. It's weekly now, right? It's uh, about the yeah, business about weekly. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah, that's what I thought uh, for about NASCAR. But and instead of covering it from like the typical sports journalist uh, point of view or covering the business aspect of it. You look at the business of NASCAR through um, people who just are new to the sport or they aren't necessarily like, uh, you know, hardcore fans like you are, um, you know, so how does that change your view of NASCAR? And like, how does that help? You know, how do you keep a fresh perspective on, on a sport that you're a fan of and have been a fan for almost your whole life uh, so that you can relate it to people who, aren't fans who have it didn't grow up with the sport. I try to keep it simple for the most part. And if I'm going to get complicated, I'll give like a heads up since my column. I mean, it's called Miss NASCAR. I don't know if you would say column because it's not like I say I or anything like that, but if it's what I find interesting and what I think people should know about it. Cause I mean, there's only Talladega in Alabama. So it's two races a year. I don't know if everyone else out there knows newspapers are struggling sometimes too. So it's not like they're sending me to all the races. Um, financially can't do that, which is okay. But for Miss NASCAR every week, I'll like start with a short story at the top. Like for example, um, my first one, I explained how I got into NASCAR. It's because of my dad. And so I see like family when I think of NASCAR and you see all the families on the track and stuff like that. So it's not just me, it's the whole sport. And then underneath the little short story will be the fast five, like what the rankings are at the time, who's doing the best, who's leading. And then, um, especially when it comes to playoffs, it's like what playoff races are gone, what ones are still left and things like that. And then there's what happened last week, like in the last race, who won, who got points, like anything interesting that happened. And then it's like, what's next? What track are they going to? Who to watch? Who won their last time? Where to watch it? And um, if there's any like history about the track that I think people should know, like a nickname and why it's called that. So it's pretty, I keep it simple for the most part. If things get complicated, I try to explain it in a very simple way because what I find interesting about NASCAR is there's so much going on rather than them just going in circles, especially with the points and the stages and all that. And like, that's not even that complicated to follow. Uh, So it's trying to break that down and get people to understand why I like it. I mean, I think it's a crazy sport that has a third party that can randomly explode. I mean, a football can't explode. An engine can't explode. (laughs) (laughs) tires will blow up right it's like (laughs) you know randomly gonna combust unless you're the patriots but i was gonna say unless it was tom brady and you never know then all bets are off so uh (laughs) you said you said it not me but uh, (laughs) i can say it i grew up outside boston well you know the, the joke i make a lot of times on this on here is that um you know, if if anybody's going to say anything stupid or that deserves hate mail, just send it to me. I don't. I'm, I could care less. Um, but the, the um, interesting thing you talk you brought up that I think is um, we were talking about storytelling when we were talking setting up the podcast, and I thought that was very interesting because um, I think one of the things that's really needed more of in the way that. Um, people sell events, um, that they market their sports and entertainment options is that, that storytelling aspect. And you talked about family being a key component and sort of like a, um, almost a linchpin to the experience of NASCAR. Um, and then you talk about history and nostalgia. Um, 
you know, how from a storytelling standpoint and as a journalist, how do you build a story that you think can appeal to a broad audience? Because, I mean, that's pretty much what the job of a journalist is, especially when you're covering sports like this. Yeah, I think of it more of I'm a storyteller. I'm not a sports analyst. I'm not a play-by-play announcer. So I'm like, what would I want to read? If I'm like scrolling through Twitter, I'm like, hey, this looks interesting. If I see something that's like, oh, a complete breakdown of the X's and O's of the Alabama Ole Miss game, I'm like, next. Like, I mean, I might read it because I have to, and then it'll show me insight. But if you're not a, an everyday fan of every team or just not even like Alabama athletics, it's like, why would I want to read that? Like, it's going to be a lot of numbers, a lot of words that some people don't understand. So I move on. And what I do is I find like the people are the most important part. Um, I love showing who the athlete is under the helmet, under the jersey, under the leotard, outside of the car, like things like that. I think that's very important, especially for a sport like Alabama football that's covered on a national basis, even though it's in my state. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. It's, um, I think sometimes it's very easy if we aren't careful to allow things to become commoditized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially like on the scale of NASCAR or Alabama football, right? I mean, it doesn't get really much bigger in sports than Alabama football, um, that you forget the aspect of its people that are involved in these games and there's people underneath the helmets or inside the cars or, um, you know, when boxing, cause I know boxing is another thing you deal with in gymnastics, which is, um, strangely enough, gymnastics was all has always been historically very big in Alabama and nobody realizes that. Um, it's very, but it's very interesting. I think those personal stories are going to have, give you a greater opportunity to connect with an audience, to, um, build a relationship, right? Because I mean, you might be a journalist and you might have a podcast, you might have all these things going on. But the thing is, it's like you still have to build a relationship to people because people are, you know, they might come the first time because it's Tide Sports or Tuscaloosa News or you're covering the University of Alabama uh, football team, but they're not going to keep coming back to you, right? So, you you know, maybe the name on the door will get you in the first time, but it's the constant relationship building and um, meeting and exceeding people's expectations that is um, – likely to make the biggest difference and the highest impact on, you know, whether or not you're able to build a relationship, Um, you know. So I guess this was a convoluted way of asking you about, you know, doing the stuff you do and covering the things you're covering. You know, how do you build relationships both with your audience and with the people you're covering so that you have, you know, you create a unique value for both the people you're you're writing about and the people you're, you're writing for? Honestly, it's just showing up and showing that you are human also, that you care about them outside of their sport. I mean, for example, tonight is Alabama Gymnastics annual power pink meet, and it's also Rumble on the River, which is a boxing fight card at the Tuscaloosa River Market. And it's like, I can't be at two places at once. And so since I wrote an A1 story on the power of pink and did like an in-depth thing on how the DCH breast cancer fund has benefited from Alabama's power pink initiative and raising awareness. Um, I'm going to that meet. And because I do every meet, um, as for boxing, it's like, I hate that I'm not going to be there. And I know they were like, we wish you were coming, but I was like, I'll come to the way in the night before, even if it's like, I'm getting maybe 50 words added to my story, which just, 
the weight um, of each boxer, but it's just showing that you care and like you want to put the extra effort in and you're not going to be like, well, I don't have to be there. So I'm not going. If it's not needed, it's not needed. But no, like just showing up, even if you're not writing a story is needed because it's all about relationships. Well, I, I think that like you, I, you couldn't, I couldn't have said it any better. It's, it's so true. It's just like, hey, look, um, I care about you as a person, you know. And even though we're doing a job, that doesn't mean that I don't care about you, the person. Um, again, and I think it kind of goes back to maybe the status of the culture a little bit. Is that sometimes we just like are so me focused that we forget that like, um, you know, we're you know, at the most basic biological level, we're pack animals, right? So we need other people. And, 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 you know, the way I always do it is like to build relationships and to create more value and help people. It just, it just makes it, it's, it's fun. Number one, most of the time, and not yeah. always, not always fun. It, you know, nothing's always fun, but then it also, it makes you feel better and it makes the other person feel better. So that's like another positive thing. And I, and I think in a world like so dominated, so much by technology, you know, that alone is like a nice, uh, side benefit of it. Um, but that's just me. What, you know, I'm a noted tree hugger in most cases. So, <laughs> um, I think it's important to remember you are doing your job, like form these relationships, but they are still who you're covering. You're not friends. You're not going out on Fridays. And if you are like, you shouldn't be having a work relationship, at least in a journalist subject kind of way, but there's nothing wrong with being like, How's the family? Like, I know you started this new diet or like you're picking up croquet on the weekends. It's like, okay to know who they are as a person or if they frequent one place in town over another, like say hi. They're not going to rat you out for being like friendly. I mean, if you're going and buying them everything they need for stories, that's obviously unethical, but it's not, there's no harm in going up to someone at a restaurant and be like, hey, it's good to see you. It's kind of more awkward to ignore them when you see them every other day. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it's, uh, you know, just because you're friendly doesn't mean you're like trying to like buy, bribe somebody or buy them off. That's, that is uh, not, the tr- not the truth. Uh, but if anybody wants to bu- uh, bribe that- Bribe either one of us, you know, just send us an email. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> now, um, one of the things I want I want to ask you about too is you cover you said you brought it up you you talked about boxing and boxing in in Alabama is actually like a little bit bigger than I think than most people imagine and yeah, I know there's a number of boxing gyms and there's a number of champions uh, in and around Tuscaloosa and that's um, you know number one it's like to me it's always kind of interesting when I hear like um, when I hear you know I think that Deontay Wilder was just fighting in London. Um, and was that right? Or Los, I, Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, but, oh, I was in London when it was getting covered and it was like a big story <laughs> in London. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause one of the boxer, his opponent Tyson Fury was from yes, London. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. And, and right. And it was like really interesting cause they kept talking about this guy from Tuscaloosa, Alabama in London. I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is so great. Um, but so, you know, how did you get into covering boxing and what is it about the sport that's appealing to you? So I've been covering boxing for a year now, actually, when, um, the person who covered boxing before me left the Tuscaloosa news. It was open. And our editor was like, Hey, like, do you want to cover it? And everyone was like, eh. I'm like, I do. Why wouldn't I like it could land me in different cities and a whole new sport. Like, sure. I mean, I'm also kind of person that's like willing to try everything. You'll least. get all that traveling that you don't get for NASCAR by covering boxing. <laughs> I can leave the SEC. 
Don't let the editor hear this. <laughs> it's like I can leave the SEC for once too. Um, we got to totally get you in trouble on this one. This is. <laughs> I would say this to their face. <laughs> All right, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But I got into it when he left, and it was like just learning the sport. It helped that like my editor at the time. His brother was Deontay's trainer. Not that like he ever crossed any lines in that way, but he knew the sport really well in Deontay's history. So he like sat me down and was like, this is how boxing works. This is how you do knockouts. This is what a technical knockout is. This is what a draw is. And I was like, okay, like I got it. And then it, I also picked up kickboxing. So, which I know is completely different. Never tell a boxer that kickboxing is the same and never tell a kickboxer that boxing is the same. Doesn't go well. But um, I at least knew like what an uppercut, right hook, left hook, cross and jab all looked like. <laughs> so it was great. And I got to go to LA for the Fury Wilder fight. And that was my first time to California, first time covering a boxing fight, and also completely on my own. So I was like, you know, we're jumping full in for this. Um, but I love adventures like that where you can just say, screw it, I have to do it, let's do it. Um, that was a great fight. And obviously the rematch is going to be finalized sometime soon from what I've heard. And it's going to be Fury Wilder part two, hopefully in the States and hopefully not somewhere expensive. Cause as I said, newspapers aren't loaded with money always, but, um, oops, sorry about the ding. And uh, yeah, it's been an adventure. I like, like Deontay is a huge name. And everyone covers him. But what I enjoy also is getting to know the ones who are getting better. Like Dion Nicholson has the WBC um, U.S. cruiserweight title. And so he's on his way to becoming a world champion or wanting to at least. Um, and so being able to sit down with him and hear his journey more so. And boxers overcome so much. I mean, Dion is open and honest about his time in jail. And then now, like, how he's overcome that. So they have incredible stories. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, one of the things too is is that you know, for, especially for the people listening, is um, and the reason I you know I like you is because of all the storytelling aspect, and you don't lose sight of the humanity, and, and I think it's really it's really cool, you know, the way because like every time you you, you talk about. It, Everything kind of is infused with the story, um, and I did. I mean, I really do like that. Um, but let's let's go back to this uh, trip you took to LA for the Deontay Wilder thing, um, because I think people sometimes, um, a lot of people that listen to this thing, the podcast, are in events. They are, but a lot of them are sports or um, concert or theater, so they don't necessarily always um, get a the same feeling for boxing because boxing isn't necessarily, it's pretty limited in where it goes. I know there's, you know, some fights at Madison square garden, LA, Las Vegas. There's a few fights here in DC at the MGM in, um, in Maryland. Um, you know, but at, from a professional standpoint, as somebody who covers a lot of events, um, and who sees a lot of large crowds and a lot of, um, you know, different audiences, um, you know, what makes, you know, you know, what about the experience of covering a big time boxing match is unique compared to NASCAR or Alabama football or even Al- Alabama gymnastics? Oh boy. So well, yeah, was- nothing but the, nothing but the easy questions. I'm like total oh, softballs for you. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I'm like trying to think that it was not, it wasn't even that long ago, but so much has happened. Um, boxing draws a different fan group. That's fair to say. Um, and those who know it 
know it. It's not like football where you know the sport or you know your team. It's like people who know boxing know all of boxing. I'm like, good for you. Um, but I was surprised how many people came from England and the UK to see Tyson Fury. I'm pretty sure there were more UK and Fury fans than there were Deontay Wilder, even though we were in the US. I like was confused for a second. I was like, did I somehow end up like overseas? Um, but for me, it was very shocking to see like when Tyson Fury got knocked down the first time, I was like gasping. I was like, okay, like that man is not getting back up. And then he got back up. But everyone is like cheering and freaking out that like this guy literally just got floored. I was like, ah, that could hurt so bad. Like I was definitely the one that gasped and was like, is he going to be okay? Um, (laughs) But then he got knocked down again and everyone is still just freaking out. I don't know how he got up that second time. Nobody knows. He doesn't even know. But it's just interesting to see like how reactive the audience is. And with boxing, this is what's the best part about it is you cannot take your eyes off the fight for a second because you could think like that hit didn't look that hard but like it can knock someone down and you're like well I just missed all the action so the entire time like I was typing and taking notes but like my eyes never left my computer like I'm pretty sure I spelled half my words wrong and like thank god for autocorrect but you can't take your eyes off the ring and that is what's so interesting it's like yeah people are captivated in football like hey a field goal or like hey a Hail Mary everyone's watching But for boxing, everyone is watching the entire time. Maybe the only time they breathe or look away is like in between rounds, which lasts only a couple minutes. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really interesting, too. And that's sort of why I asked you the question, because if you cover a lot of sports, right, or if you go to a lot of events, um, you know, you do do any of these things enough, right? You become a little bit sort of, um, I don't want to say immune to it, but you or jaded, um, because I hope that these things don't happen. But you 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 lose that sense of wonder. And since I kind of knew that you had still had the sense of wonder about the boxing, I wanted to ask you that to put you on the spot a little bit because I think it's very informative of people. Because um, something I may have seen a thousand times, if you're seeing it the first time, the way you experience it is going to be entirely unique, right? And that's um you know, that's really about being what being a good marketer is. That's what being a good writer is. Maybe it's even worth being a good podcaster is, is um, making sure that you can see the world through the eyes of everybody you're, you're dealing with, the people you're, you're working with or serving, or like, you know, in your case, writing for or speaking to, um, you know, and you don't put your bias of having seen it a million times before onto them because it's unfair to, to everybody else. Right. You know, because, there's a joy, right? I mean, like, I mean, how long have you been covering Alabama football now? Four years. Okay, four years. So you've seen um, a fair amount of winning. Um, <laughs> you could say that, right? That's fair. I can say you've seen a fair amount of winning. And and um, I know, and our friend, our mutual friend who is no uh, stranger to people who listen to the podcast regularly, Corey, um, he he back, he backs me up because we went to school at the same time. Uh, is like we've seen we've seen a lot of winning the last like eleven years, but we also saw a lot of losing for a long time. And I think for like you know this is a point to impress upon people is like you know Terrence seen four years of winning. One of these days, Nick Saban won't be the coach. Um, hopefully, he lives forever, but he won't be the because I don't want to write that right now. Yeah. Or- time soon no 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 it's not that i don't want to go anywhere anytime soon either i love the man um i'm a big fan but you know and but it's not guaranteed 
you know, it's not no guarantee that the um, it'll always be the same experience. And I think, it, it, you know, it's always probably a challenge for you to write with a fresh set of eyes, right? And and I want the, the lesson I want to give to everybody is, you know, it, it really takes a lot of hard work to keep seeing things with a fresh set of eyes over and over and over again. And that's why it's really awesome to talk to someone like you who's really just getting a lot of these experiences for the first time because it can highlight things, right? Like it'll seem like, Oh my God, this is like so great. Right. Like I get out of SEC country. (laughs) I mean, this is so cool. Um, But let me ask you about the podcast now. um, Shoot. I just said the name a second ago. Uh, That's just whack. Not that's just whack. Uh, Like I said, the first time we talked, Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh gosh. So my podcast wasn't even like my idea. Um, my editor at the time, Tommy Dees, literally sat me down one day and was like, hey, like, you're getting a podcast. And I was like, why? Like, we already have some overall ones like the Bama Bee or um, Tide Sports Unfiltered. Like, why am I getting my own? He's like, I don't know. Like, I just think you have a lot of personality and I really like the name. That's just whack. And I was like, seriously? Like, you're going to make a, you're giving me a podcast, a responsibility a commitment just because of my last name. Just but off a joke. Keep that in mind. It's all on a joke. Like a weekly commitment now because of a joke. Um, but it, it seems it, reasonable enough. <laughs> I mean, this started as a joke, so don't don't, yeah. don't don't knock it. It's great, and like I was like fine, but like I'm not like I'm going to talk about what I want. He's like fine. I was like great, and so I've literally ranged from topics like Corey came on to talk about tickets. I've had. People come on to talk about the latest Bachelor episode. I've had Sarah Patterson came on this past week to talk about the power of pink. It ranges ridiculously. My sister came on and we just talked about anything. And it's just some episodes get more views and listens than the others. But there's like a consistent following where I guess it's just some people like that it's different topics all the time and that it's very carefree, sometimes too carefree, which is fine but <laughs> i think that's a positive i mean i think that like um you 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 shouldn't be too serious about these things i mean i try i mean for better or for worse it's the same thing here i could be like completely serious so don't let them steal that thunder <laughs> <laughs> i think the first five minutes of my sister and i's episode was just straight up laughing because she couldn't take me seriously like i would like start the intro and she would just start laughing so i'd try again and she'd laugh and it just was a mess I was like, whoops. But probably that's like going to be the best. That's probably the best episode though, right? Because like, you know, it's really show. I think, and you tell me, I could be wrong. Most of the time I am. Um, (laughs) Is that like having your sister on there and having it laugh and and having this like sort of more personal relationship, it probably helps everything you do. Or maybe I'm wrong. Everything I do as in... Like, you know, all the stuff, like, it helps with the podcast, right? Because it's more authentic. But then it helps you with the people who are reading your uh, your columns and your articles in, online or in the paper. I mean, it, it just gives people just a more um, holistic view of who you are. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I like to be very true to myself and my personality. I am on my podcast. My Twitter is the same way. Um, I've been told a lot that like my writing is like my voice and you can like basically hear how I would say it. Um, I definitely put a little sass in my stories depending on the topic, which might come back to bite me in the butt one day, but it's fine. Um, my old editor used to encourage I, it. I wouldn't say stick with the sass. Keep the personality. That That's exactly. me though. 
it like separates me. Um, I know when to take it away and tone it down, but when like, if Nick Saban ever gives me a sassy answer, which he tends to do for some reporters or even any report, I'm like, fine, I'll give it right back in writing. Like, this is my outlet. <laughs> Don't knock it. So <laughs> I stick stick with the sass. So so you brought up Nick Saban. Do you have a good Nick Saban story for us? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's like good or great, but like he, I just remember the. First I'll be the time. judge. I'll be the. Judge. <laughs> it, it was the first time he like gave me that snarkiness. It was like a post game. It was the game. I don't remember who it was against, but it was the game where Alabama mucked like three punts. Four even. I don't know. But they just kept botching the punts. I'm like, can you catch the ball? But um, I asked, and I sh- I, now I know not to phrase it like this, but I asked, like, what went wrong on special teams, specifically punt return? And I guess the trigger word there was wrong. Like, what went wrong? And he low-key was like, what went wrong? Like, building up. What went wrong? He dropped the ball. Did anyone not see what went wrong? He dropped the ball dropped the ball and he like stopped and like composed himself and I'm like sitting here just like not shaking maybe a little nervous but I'm like I'm not gonna look away and then he went on and answered the question in like a beautiful way of how he coaches them to do it and all that I'm like fine get your like snap out and then go ahead and answer my question like that's all that matters and you're welcome SEC country ESPN Bleacher Report for the quick clip (laughs) um Everybody wants to be a meme. (laughs) My coworker was like, hey, you handled that really well. I was like, I had to deal with this one girl in high school who was the worst. Nick Saban does not scare me. If I could handle that, be word, I can handle anyone. (laughs) If I can deal with the mean girls, I can deal with Nick Saban. That's awesome. I'll put that in the show notes. That's like the takeaway. High school was savage. I don't even want to know what it's like now with social media. Or like junior high. I think it was even junior high. I was going to say, this is like completely off topic, but you know, again, this is my podcast and you're on it. So we can talk about whatever we want to, like in honor of your podcast. Um, my, yeah, my son's yeah. in third grade now. And like, it seems like the, the girls in like elementary school are savage. And I'm like, well, I'm so glad I got a boy. I'm so glad because I was like, well, they're already like being girls. So in some of them, I'm like, yeah. well, this is crazy. I don't think the meanness kicked in until not me. Yeah. Okay. Junior high, like eighth grade, maybe. And it still wasn't even as bad as what it is today. Like back then it would be like, Ooh, you have last month's Hollister t-shirt or something like that. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Dumb. I'm like, Oh great. Like, let me go cry. Like, um, and now it's like, you can't escape it. There's like things on Instagram, Snapchat. And once it's out there, Every child needs to know once it's on the internet. I don't care if it's Snapchat where it goes away in 24 hours. No. doesn't go Netflix away. Nothing goes away. Nothing no. goes away. And everyone can find it. I'm like yeah. a savage at finding things people don't want to know on the internet. <laughs> the Wayback Machine. <laughs> Tara's like, mad, mad awesome at the Wayback Machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, where can everybody find all the stuff you do? God, do you have like twenty minutes for me to list it? Just sure, kidding. I mean it's just it's just digital <laughs> space. There's plenty of room. <laughs> it's also true. Um, well, you can follow me at, on Twitter, which is basically where I put all my contact or not contact content at Taryn Victoria T E R R I N V I C T O R I A. Um, 
you, you can follow the same on Instagram. That's my sports one. Don't look for my personal one because it's private. See, you like you open it up. You open the door. People are going to be like, all these random people are going to be like, let's hook up. Let's connect. <laughs> That's why I made a sports one because like all my Twitter followers, I would recognize like Roll Tide Roll 101 followed you on Instagram. I'm like, no, no. Like, that's mine. So I made a sports one, and then they all migrated that way, which is fine. But, like, I also don't need everyone in their mother's scene. Like, my friend and I, maybe, like, Chuck's for dinner. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah, you don't need to see me out, out, out like, doing something goofy that, yeah, that no, no one needs to see any of this. Like, the profile picture's enough. Um, and then Tidesports.com and TuscaloosaNews.com. Tide Sports is all University of Alabama content, so that's where you'll find Alabama football, gymnastics, and the other teams. Um, and then Tuscaloosa News will have that along with boxing and NASCAR. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, don't forget to, to subscribe and listen to Taryn's podcast. That's just WAC. Um, it's whack that it started because of a joke. Uh, totally not a new joke, but I told you I would just rehash the old ones over and over and over again. Um um, but and, and really, you know, I'm glad we had a chance to talk, uh, get a chance to talk. I think, uh, you know, your emphasis on storytelling and being able to see the world through the eyes of someone who is um, just experiencing these things for the first time or even through your column, Miss NASCAR, having to experience things like a beginner over and over and over again. I think it's really informative for people who are, you know who even read the columns, but then also who work on these kind of, you know, boxing and football and uh, NASCAR and all the other and gymnastics and anything else, because you have to remember that like, just because I've seen it a thousand times before, it doesn't mean that everybody's seen it a thousand times before. And, um, you know, being able to step out of yourself and look at the way, look at the world, the way others will is going to, is really a powerful thing to have the ability to do. So Taryn, thank you for taking, for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much. I liked how you were talking about like seeing everything for the first time. I mean, when you think about it, you're never seeing the same thing twice. Just being very technical here. Like players are different. Plays are different. Venues are different. Weights are different. Like everything is different. Yeah, you're never yeah. seeing the same game again. So never take a single thing for granted. That's that's awesome. And that is something I, I actually, you said it. I didn't tell you to say it. Um, but I do say it pretty regularly because each time you do anything that's going to have a live component to it. It's one of a kind. It's the only time it's ever going to happen. And, you know, I wish I had set you up to say that point, but that makes it even better that I did not set you up to say. No, you <laughs> to, did not. So, uh, I think of everything that way in yeah. life in general, because, hey, you never know when something's going to end, whether that's football, your life, or sports as a whole. Right. No, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, well, thank you again, Taryn. Thank you so much. Once again, I want to thank my friend Taryn Walk for taking the time to be on the Business of Fun podcast. As always, you can find out what I'm up to by visiting my website. That's www.davewakeman.com. You can find my blog, which I update almost every day now for over a year, I believe, um, where I talk about value, marketing, strategy, sales, all that great stuff, revenue. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at David Wakeman. I'm still looking for that guy who has the at Dave Wakeman Twitter handle to give it up so I can have it. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you like what I'm doing, if you have a question, idea, concern, thought, whatever it is, send me an email. It is my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Finally, if you like what I'm doing with the podcast, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on all the major platforms at this point. Like the podcast. Review it. 
share it with just one person. Whatever you can do, it helps grow the podcast grow. It helps make sure that I continue to deliver really great content, and it means the world to me. One last thing before we go, I want to thank Booking Protect one more time for sponsoring the episode. To find out how you and Booking Protect can partner to give your customers a better buying experience, more peace of mind in their purchases, and how you can create a new revenue stream for your organization, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com. And until I talk to you again, thanks so much for listening and take it easy. I'll see you soon.